Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. I'm your host, Maddie Pollack, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor and nutrition coach for cancer survivors after treatment. Today's guest is Howie Saavedra, caregiver and husband to Christina, who passed away in June 2021 after battling leukemia for 16 months. While Howie's story is not a happy ending, he touches on their beautiful love story and how he plans to live out her legacy. I'm so honored and grateful that Howie was willing to open up and share their story on the podcast. Hi, Howie. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Of course. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. And I'm excited for you to share your story because I think it's a very important one. It is a very important one. Yes. And the feelings are definitely mutual right here. I'm very excited and very privileged to have this opportunity to talk to you guys about this amazing story. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out. Um, So Howie, you are the husband or you were the caregiver of Christina who passed away from leukemia in June. That is correct. Yep. That's right. Um, Which first of all, I'm so sorry. Cancer I mean, truly fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward for you to share your perspective from like a caregiver's point of view. And I'm curious why just in the first place you wanted to reach out and come on here and share your story. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to come out here and share my story is because I feel like I've benefited a lot from uh, Christina and the things that she's taught me, you know, throughout our marriage and uh, which we only were married for only three months and 20 days, which doesn't seem that long at all. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we got married on February 21st of this year. Um, But we've been dating for a a while. So I met her in college. Got it. So before she had cancer and uh, but yeah, our whole marriage was just three months and 20 days. But in those three months and 20 days, it was just the most amazing experience that I've ever had in my life. And uh, it would be just rude enough for me not to share what I've learned. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. Yeah, because that must have been like right in the thick of it all. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so take us back a little bit to kind of the start of the whole like cancer thing. So how long were you together? When was she diagnosed? Kind okay. of all, of, all of those details as, as best you can remember. Yeah. We can talk about how we met actually. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so uh, June of 2019 okay. was when uh, I first met her. So Christina and mm-hmm. I both lived in Idaho at the time. We were going to college mm-hmm. and uh, we went to a private college and uh, it's called Brigham Young University, Idaho. It's really popular because it's a college for people who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormons. So it's a Mormon college. Okay. We met there and I got introduced to her by actually one of our church leaders. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So I was born in Peru and mm-hmm. she served an 18-month mission in Peru. So you see those missionary, like white shirts, ties, blacks, Uh riding on bicycles and stuff like that. That was her, but in Peru. Okay. And so that was like the mutual connection that her and I both had. The first thing I thought I saw was just this presence of confidence. She just radiated with confidence that it made other guys actually feel intimidated. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, I was just like, yeah. (laughs) She was very into astrology, and so she's a. Oh, very She was cool. born in August. Okay. August third, so not a keep a couple weeks ago would have been her twenty seventh birthday. Mm. And so she is a Leo through and through. Okay, amazing. Yeah. What is um? What are some like characteristics of Leo? I don't really know astrology. So oh. what are some characteristics of Leo that she like exuded? She exuded confidence. She so Leo is a lion, and. Yeah. That was her spirit animal, was mm. just this strong, confident, bold, brave um, human being, and she was the queen. She knew that she was in charge. And, <laughs> I uh, love it. Yeah, and I loved it too. Like it was just, yeah. I loved her confidence. 
mm-hmm. you know, and uh, she knew that she could take on the world. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Incredible. so that's what essentially drew me to her. And I'm like, you know what? I really would like to get to know her. Mm-hmm. And uh, our church leaders are very, they spoil us very much. Mm. And every Tuesday we would go out to get ice cream. He, I would joke around and say that um, they paid for most of our dates. <laughs> but at the time, you know, we were just friends and just hanging out. And so I think it was November was when mm-hmm. we started dating. was okay. when our, our first date. We went to this. It's very popular in Utah and Idaho. It's like this, mm-hmm. uh, what would you call it? Italian soda, where they will do like oh. mixed drinks and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so we got a couple of drinks there, and it was just something that was just laid back. Yeah. Um, easy on the money, you know, for me yeah. <laughs> as a struggling college student, you know. Right. But we were there, and then we went back to her place, and we literally talked for like five hours. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that was probably the longest first dates I've, I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. Because she was so easy to talk to, and right. I was just... It was just easy for me to just get to know her and for her mm-hmm. to get to know me. And I knew that she was someone that was really special. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, though, on December, uh, mm-hmm. she graduated. Okay. Yeah. And so she moved to San Francisco. And this is where the start of her cancer uh, journey Got starts. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were still in Idaho. Yeah. I was still in Idaho. And okay. we decided just to like, be friends and stuff like that. Like We yeah. weren't like... There was no like official like we were in a committed relationship, you know. Right. And right. so, um, we just started just using Instagram to just text back and forth. Mm-hmm. When she was in San Francisco, mm-hmm. she got a job there working for corporate, and okay. she had a really nice company car and Audi, and <laughs> she was living at large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Christina was very athletic, so she was a runner mm-hmm. and could run six minute miles. But oh then, my gosh wow. yeah yeah she started to notice um that her time on the mile became mm. a lot slower and slower oh, to not okay. even be able to have enough energy to run on the treadmill yeah and oh. uh, there was weakness in her left arm and mm. she had to stay home from work because she was sick which is very very rare because she was a workaholic <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> So that's yeah. when, you know, it was like, she definitely didn't feel good. Yeah, you know that she definitely didn't feel good. Exactly. Yeah. And they tested her for mono, for measles, for mumps, and uh, nothing. She couldn't even sleep. So her roommate said, okay, you need to go to the ER. And yeah. she texted her dad. When they got there, they did an x-ray, and they found a 10-inch tumor on her chest. Wow. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah, and so that's her, crazy. She didn't feel like she didn't feel it. What she called? Oh it? yeah, no, she felt it. Yeah, like there oh, was shortness okay. of breath. It was hard for her to sleep, and that's the reason why. Oh, got it. You know? Okay. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, wow. Her leukemia cells were just building up on, up in the lymph nodes, and were creating yeah. these, you know, large tumors, and it actually decreased her airways. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And so they got you know, chemo in her right away. And just a huge shout out to Sierra and Jessica. They were her roommates. And oh. I've never met them personally. Yeah. You know, and I've never met them in person. But, mm. you know, if it wasn't for those two, I probably wouldn't be married to Christina. Yeah. Because oh. she definitely would have died if they didn't yeah. have that inspiration of going to the ER. Of having her, yeah, go to the mm-hmm. ER. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, even though I've never met him, I love him so much because yeah, of that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And so. So was she in the? Did she get treatment in in San Francisco for? Yeah, she got. Okay. Yeah, she got treatment for a couple uh, for a couple months actually when she was in San Francisco, and okay. uh, she went back to Canada where she's from. Okay. Yep, and she's from British Columbia. And it was a lot easier there because her family was there and uh, yeah, of mm-hmm, universal health care as well. Makes so, sense, yes. Yep, super nice, you know. Yeah. So she was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, early T-cell mm-hmm. precursor. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
she got into remission, but the thing with ETP is they have a 50% chance of coming back. And so uh, the survival... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. No, yeah. So the survival rate is just like, it'll take like five years, essentially. Right, right. Mm-hmm. To like be out of, like to be in the clear, kind of. Yeah, to be in the clear. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, how long did it take for her to get into remission from that, fir- like the first... Let's see, she was diagnosed in February, and uh, her trans, her allergenic stem cell transplant was in oh, July. Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, she had multiple donor donors, which is really good. Oh um, wow! Yeah, they wanted to try her brother, but I think he was like a six out of ten match. Okay. And they were looking for a ten out of ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, she got, had an allogeneic stem cell transplant and she beat mm-hmm. cancer in October. Got and it. that's essentially around the same time when we became official. Throughout okay. this whole time, I was just talking to her, you know, through right. text messages and uh, FaceTime. And it was and, COVID. So, like, you yeah. couldn't really, you couldn't go to Canada, right? No, and the thing with Canada is, I mean, just because we were stuck in a pandemic, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt really bad for her because her family couldn't even be, you know. Couldn't even go with her to the hospital her. or anything. Yeah, yeah she had well, to do it all by herself. And right. it definitely took a mental toll on her. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You can only imagine. I know. I think it's like the fact that you can't even have one person is such like a mental, like mentally you're isolated. And that's not good for your physical health either. No, it's just crazy that they weren't even letting one person in, especially yeah. for patients with like such low you know like it's just to have leukemia and go through all of that already you're mentally down it is so unfair and then to not have to not be able to have someone like family or someone you love with you is exactly wild to me like just doesn't make sense but (laughs) so um okay so you yeah you couldn't really see her and then she was in remission in october and that's when you became official like yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah and stuff like we were just so happy for her and uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and did and she come back to america did you go up there like what well it was really hard because um we were still stuck in the middle of the pandemic and in canada yeah. they were taking it a lot more serious than here in the united states mm-hmm. for sure so we decided to we wanted to get married like around the month of november december um but it was really hard like i think i tried uh, like twice to get into Mm -hmm. canada and uh, they would just reject me wow yeah they were being really yeah they were being really picky and stuff like that yeah Uh uh-huh yeah then uh, in february 21st was her year of being diagnosed i felt kind of weird because i wanted to give her something you know like because she beat cancer, but I'm like, as well, I'm yeah. like, this is kind of like a sad moment too, because this is when she kind of like found yeah. out that she had cancer as well. So what do it's you give so someone? Yeah. I know it's a weird thing. A cancer anniversary <laughs> is weird. Cause it's also yeah. like some people celebrate the year, the year of the diagnosis date. And then some people celebrate the year after they were like done with treatment. Yeah, exactly. And so she had a cake. Um, this was in Canada, yeah. an ice cream cake that said fuck cancer. Yeah. Right. And that's how she was celebrated. Right. Yeah. And then she has the phone call from her oncologist. Mm. And she said that the cancer is back. Oh my God. And in Canada, they don't do second transplants. And okay. uh, they gave her three months to live. Wow. So there was nothing mm-hmm. they could do? There was nothing they could do. There was like a couple, like, they were going to try this uh, chemo called nalarabine, but the chances of her, like, well, that's the second option. The first one was um, venetoclax, but it wasn't approved in the in Canada. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. She couldn't come here to get treatment or anything? I don't know how that works. Well, that's the thing. So we were, I was heartbroken and devastated, you know, because, we, yeah. I, you know, we were thinking about getting married and... Uh, she i got the phone call and it was 20 february 21st on a monday when she told me Mm -hmm. right she told me hey are you are you in a place where you can sit down right Mm -hmm. and she told me the whole thing and i was in shock like 
I wanted to know first, like how she was feeling, you know? Yeah. She just told me that, you know, she's scared, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, about the future. But she told me also that, like, if I wanted to break up with her, mm-hmm. that she would understand because being she didn't want me to be involved in the cancer world if it wasn't out of my own free will and choice right you know i told her that i still wanted to continue with this marriage and Mm -hmm. i told her how much i really loved her and you know we're in this together and we always just said like a quote um was ride or die (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) love that Yep. And I told her, ride or die, baby, let's go. Let's do this. And uh, we got all of the documents that we needed in order for me to get into Canada. And it took, I think, let's say, five or six days. Okay. So it was on Monday. And then that Saturday was when I went to Canada and we got married. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And... uh, it was really hard because not all of her family could have been there. So we did a bunch of just Zooms and FaceTime. Yeah. Because the maximum capacity at that time was just 10, pe- 10 per group. Right. Okay. And we did it in her parents' backyard. Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And it was just amazing. You know, we decided, you know what, let's try the Nalera bean for a little bit. You know, so we stayed in yeah. Canada for a couple months. Okay. And unfortunately, it didn't work. We started to become, you know, like, meanwhile, sorry, meanwhile, we were getting, you know, ready for the chemo, we were deciding of like, another second option of where we should go. Right. Okay. We prayed and fasted about it, asked God, uh, you know, of where we should go. And uh, Andy Anderson was our the answer that we got. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. <laughs> If you reached out to them, yeah. Yeah, we definitely reached out to them. And uh, we we got approved. And uh, we had a scheduled um, date for her consult. And okay. uh, once we got that, we started a GoFundMe. And mm-hmm. uh, we were able to save enough money to go and buy a ticket to Texas. Yeah. And... Okay. Uh, what was cool and this is i like to think of it as like god was definitely like involved in this because mm-hmm. one of my old roommates actually lived in houston mm-hmm. with his wife so my my roommate kevin and his wife amelia knows christina and i from mm-hmm. college yeah and they said you know what you're more than welcome to stay at our house and it was a 15 minute drive from md anderson wow oh my gosh yeah that's great and so we stayed there for probably i think nine or ten days until we got our own place Uh yeah we found a place already when we were in canada but they just needed to um wait to clean it up and stuff like that and for the people that were living there yeah uh uh-huh yeah yeah, so in the time in between, um, we stayed with them. Yeah, oh, and that's really it, nice. Yeah, and fortunately, she had enough energy where we could actually go out to eat and uh, explore yeah. a little bit in Texas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was really fun just being with them and yeah. for them being just very open, um, you know, to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a lot of fun. For sure. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I'm ha- that's great. She was able to like enjoy a little bit. Yeah, it was. And so then starts um, the second option that we had. You know, we were search. The reason why we went to MD Anderson was because we wanted to know a second opinion, right? Yeah. And fortunately enough, we were able to have more than just one option for her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there was multiple, and but the one that they decided on was just first getting her into remission so that um, with the help right. of the chemotherapy called the uh, venetoclax. Okay. And uh, the thing that's really cool is that her head oncologist was the one that actually created the drug. 
Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. This head oncologist was, had the same level of energy as Christina, like yeah. large in charge. <laughs> she's a queen. She's from Russia. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's and incredible. The thing that was really cool was like when she first went in there for her console, right. And she saw mm-hmm. um, Dr. Konopleva for the first time. She reached out and grabbed her hand and said, I'm sorry that this cancer has gone back, but I will do everything in my power to make sure that it'll go away. And just that reassurance that she had just dissipated all her fears that she had. And she knew that she could trust this head oncologist. Wow. Which is something that I couldn't provide. Right. Yeah. She was the only person, you know, capable of doing that. And I'm just so grateful, you know, that she was able to do that that's yeah and for a doctor to like build trust like that like that's everything yeah because i know there's some doctors that are that are just there just to give you information but mm-hmm. don't really have that connection you know right and right. stuff so i was really grateful for her and because mm-hmm. she was the one that could actually calm her down i tried yeah. my best <laughs> yeah of course yeah <laughs> Yeah, but it's, and it's, I think it's good to hear from a doctor who is like helping and who created the drug that like they're going to try to, you know, it's yeah. not just on her shoulders. Exactly, exactly. And uh, everything seemed to go very well. Every single mm-hmm. time she, something new would come up, uh-huh. um, we would have to go straight to the ER, which is like standard protocol. Uh-huh. Um, at MD Anderson. I don't know if it's anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did that probably around like two or three times already. Um, okay. Was that in between chemos or? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was okay. in between chemos and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, this is the sad story right here <laughs> to just mm-hmm. brace okay. yourselves and stuff, right? Um, so her legs, her, she noticed that her legs were starting to shiver. Mm-hmm. and like i said if there's anything new straight to the er yeah and so we go to the er and well she goes to the er i had to go and stay and work and so because i thought this was like a standard protocol right i mm-hmm. just thought to myself okay yeah i'll see her in two and three days no problem right and so i just um uh, waved goodbye like nonchalantly mm-hmm. you know not knowing that it was going to be her last day yeah and uh, it's something that still hurts me to this day but um around three o'clock in the morning fortunately enough sorry her but my mother-in-law was there and so she was able to go with christina um uh, to the The emergency room yeah to the hospital meanwhile i was working and it was june 16th Mm -hmm. when it all happened and uh, I was on my lunch break and my brother-in-law calls me and says, hey, man, uh, you have to get to the hospital right now. Uh, I don't think Christina's going to make it past today. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I just fear disbelief. I'm like, no, he's wrong. It's like, this can't be happening right now, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I call my boss and he said, okay, you know what? Don't worry. Um, uh, like, take the whole day off and just keep me updated you know and so i go and get an uber and i book it to md anderson like i go up i skip the line and just go to the uh receptionist and Mm -hmm. i just tell her i'm like you know i need christine i need to go see my wife because i don't think she's able to make it and uh, they were just on top of it she's like okay like tell me what her medical record number it is and stuff like that and they just booked me to the icu and when i saw her I just, my heart just sank. Because, yeah, she was in a ventilator. She was just, she already had like probably three or four bags of blood that were already used. And yeah, yeah, just all kinds of just wires all run through her arms and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And I knew that she wasn't in the best conditions. And the head nurse came and said, are you Howard Saavedra? And I said, yes. And I said, okay, we need you to make a decision. Uh, Do we pull the plug or do we continue saving her life? And I just got there. 
Like I did yeah. not know what was going on. And I said, okay, wait, 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 let's back up a few steps. What's going on? Yeah. And so right. they said earlier that morning around three o'clock, um, they noticed that her blood cells were crashing into each other. Oh my and uh, I didn't know what it was called at that time. But once I got the death certificate, she was experiencing sepsis. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what sepsis was. Yeah. Well, there was just a bunch of other. It's a bacterial infection that affects like different like parts of your body yeah. and stuff. And uh, the thing that happened was it was sepsis. She also found that there was uh, fluid building up in her lungs. Mm-hmm. And when they drained the fluid out, they noticed cancer cells there. Mm-hmm. And oh uh, it surrounded her heart and it eventually crept up into her brain. And there was just a, a lot of different variables that were going on. Yeah. that it was just very hard to figure out which right. one we should what treat. The... Yeah. And when they try to run samples of her blood and run tests, uh, the cells would die off before you would get to the lab. And oh uh, they just told me, you know, like, we think it's better to just, you know, pull the plug. But obviously, mm-hmm. it's your decision what you want to yeah. do. I consulted with my mother-in-law who was there with me. And we both came to the agreement that pulling the plug was the right thing to do. It was the most traumatizing thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I was the one that had to make the decision. Like, I had the final call, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, for the longest time, I beat myself up for it because throughout the whole cancer journey, Right. I told Christina whenever she felt like, you know, when life was hard and stuff like that, I just told her, I'm like, don't give up. You know, you're going to beat this. I know you Mm -hmm. can, you know, just think about our future family that we were going to have together and how worth it it's going to be, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I was the one that ended up, I thought, you know, that I gave up. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Like you felt that way. Yeah, I felt. I'm sure it's hard to not feel that way. I mean, of course, there's nothing you can do, you know, and that's not yeah. the case. But, like, mentally, I'm sure it's hard to not feel like that. Yeah, and I beat myself up for it for so long. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm a huge perfectionist, and uh, Christina definitely helped me out a lot with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever something doesn't go my way, I definitely blame myself a lot more than I should. And mm-hmm. this is definitely one of those situations yeah but i'm glad that i'm working with you know my therapist right now and we're doing something called emdr yes for yeah can you explain for people that don't know what that is can you explain a little bit yeah so essentially it is uh emdr is how can you even explain it um it's like um it's like brainwave kind of therapy is that right yeah, so I guess what it is, it's eye movement, des- desensitization, uh, mm. reprocessing. That's the, I guess, the That's acronym the, like, for it. Acronym, okay. I didn't know what yeah. it was. So. No, it's okay. okay. And uh, it, it takes a period of time, you know, but right. essentially what it does is the therapist either has, um, either uses their fingers to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. from left to right or she has these two handles that mm-hmm. you grab onto and they vibrate between left and right mm-hmm. so that kind of triggers your left and right hemisphere mm-hmm. so whenever you're talking about these um, traumatic memories mm-hmm. um, it might have other connections with your life mm-hmm. as well and uh, essentially what it does it it brings you into the moment but it doesn't bring you so much that you're gonna feel you know all of the effects of ptsd Mm. and it's gonna actually connect with things that are enjoyable or pleasure Mm. Uh uh-huh yeah and so it'll just help you kind of move forward got it Uh uh-huh yeah and uh, it's been helping out a lot yeah I'm yeah. sure. And That's great you're like seeing a therapist and, you know, processing it all. 
No, and I definitely need it, you know, and I feel like, you know, society kind of treats men as if you go to therapists, you know, you're considered weak, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm here to tell you that no. Yeah, I think it's the opposite. It's the, yeah, it's definitely the opposite, you know. Um, If there's anything that Christine has taught me, it is just the power of vulnerability. Yeah. And I think when you have true love, you have vulnerability. Yes. Mm-hmm. very true yeah and that's something that I didn't know before I was mm-hmm. you know in a relationship with Christina because mm-hmm. for me I come from divorced parents mm-hmm. uh, I was di- my parents got divorced when I was 10 years old and mm-hmm. because I was the oldest of two younger sisters oh. I essentially had to be the man of the house right yeah and so so no vulnerability very <laughs> <little>. <laughs> no vulnerability no right yeah. it, my opinions didn't matter it was definitely like taking care of my sisters and they were the center of like my universe essentially because i had to be this father figure for them you know Uh and it wasn't until i came to college that i started to okay like you know what this is my time to actually work on myself and like who i want to become and stuff like that yeah Mm -hmm. well good for you how are you how have you been like doing since i mean i just been having a huge outpour of love and yeah. compassion from the cancer community. Oh, like when I found out that when we posted, you know, that Christina passed away, yeah. um, one of the first people that reached out to was Christina Finley. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I knew her prior to that. Christina, my wife, and Christina yeah. Finley were cancer twins. That's what they call each other because okay. they went through similar experiences. Yeah. Yeah, they had similar diagnosis. I think Christine, uh, I think she talked about her actually on her episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And wow. it was just super special. And uh, she's a she's a woman who I hold very dear to my heart. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And uh, the chemo queens definitely helped out a lot um, mm. throughout our cancer journey as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, she was actually Christina was actually a guest speaker on there. So if you go on the chemo wow. queens Instagram and you okay. look at the highlights, she's right there. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Okay. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I'm so for anyone who's like listening, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, just go on the chemo queens Instagram. And uh, she's right there on the highlights because she can tell you more about her diagnosis than I can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Wow. Amazing. And how are you like as a care as like during it kind of like, how are you mentally kind of like when I was with her? Yeah. So when I married her, I had one goal in mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was if I can just help her forget that she had cancer or that she was sick, even for just a moment, Mm. I won the day. I thought that I was satisfied with the work that I did and uh, I could rest knowing that what I did was inefficient. Yeah. And uh, that taught me a really valuable lesson. Mm. And it was to be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Because my face lit up whenever I saw her enjoying us eating pizza on the ground, watching her favorite rom-com, which is the yeah. notebook. Yeah. Or classic. It, it's a yeah, classic or, mm-hmm. you know, going to a really nice fancy dinner, you know, right. and just being present in the moment, knowing that the only thing she's thinking about is us. Yeah. And, uh, our relationship you know mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just so happy that I was able to make her laugh and uh, help her feel immense joy during you know those times of struggle and pain yeah. and because I was present in the moment you know those three months and 20 days didn't feel like three months and 20 days mm-hmm. it felt like three years yeah I'm not kidding like I bet you know the time that I had with her, I feel was sufficient, mm-hmm. you know, because to me, every day I was with her was a miracle. Oh. And I saw that every single day. Yeah. You know, 
-hmm. And uh, I don't know why someone so precious and uh, so beautiful had to go through this god awful disease. Yeah, I know. It makes you know? no sense. No, yeah. and it's totally unfair, you know. Mm -hmm. But I know that the love that both her and I have is real, mm -hmm. and it transcends this life. This life that we have here on Earth. Yeah. Like I know for a fact, I'll be able to see her again. Definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And. Uh, I'm just happy that I've met so many people along the way that to help me get where I'm at right now, you know, right. meeting you, um, Christina, Finley, and just there's so many people that I want to name, but there's just like you can't fit it all. Yeah, yeah. You know? it and, is, yeah, the cancer community is unlike any other, for sure. It's yeah. so supportive and yeah. No, for sure. And the thing that I realized is that no, I'm a very logical person, right? And so I was mm. thinking, I don't know if this is kind of nerdy. It probably is. That's but okay. I was very thinking about Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Right? And I thought about it. You know what? The greater our sorrows and sufferings are, the greater our capacity is for us to love. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I thought that was just, you know, it was so true. I'm happy that I'm able to actually feel that because no one understands me more than the people who are going through cancer or survived cancer. Mm -hmm. Because, and I, I was talking to Christina Finley about this and mm -hmm. other people as well, right? When people say like, I honestly don't, when cancer patients or cancer survivors tell me, I don't know how you're feeling, you know? Yeah. I said, yeah, you do. Mm. You guys know more than anybody how I'm feeling. Yeah. Because I started to have the same symptoms mentally as right. Christina did when she was here on Earth. Right. Yeah. I became tired all the time. You know, all I wanted to do was be in bed. Mm. There was, I became really impatient and, mm. uh, you know, it changed me. Like, I'm a very, I was a very patient person. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Christina, it does totally change mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I started having uh, PTSD of that I night bet. Christina died, you know. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And all those same feelings that I had just kept creeping back. And, yeah. you know, not knowing if you're really going to survive this. I'm living my worst nightmare right now without her being here. And, it's so hard. Yeah, you know, you become vulnerable and you just create this huge love with somebody and seeing them die the way they did, you know, mm -hmm. and you being responsible for that is just gut-wrenching. Right. Yeah. And... I mean, you're absolutely not responsible, but <laughs> yeah. understand the feeling of it. <laughs> yes. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And think about how many people you're helping too. Like exactly. the fact that you are open about sharing and connecting with others, like you're, you know, like impacting more people than you know. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing that is helping me move on through life is just doing yeah. the things that Christina wasn't able to accomplish when she was here, you know, because mm -hmm. she would have loved to be on a podcast and she, she had plans of writing a book and being on TED Talk mm. and talking about her cancer journey, you know, mm -hmm. and raising awareness for LLS. Right. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I was able to meet her and she can rest knowing that I'll be the one taking care of that, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, now you can do some mm -hmm. of that if it feels yeah. like it's, you know, something that you need to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know if I'm going to write a book because I'm not that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a way to work. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very I've, hard. I've never written a book. I don't know if I'll ever try, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. But there is definitely you... things that I do, yeah. you know, to make myself feel happy. Good. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. what? What are some examples? Traveling. I really like mm -hmm. traveling. 
And so yes. on uh, Christina's birthday, August uh -huh. 3rd, I booked a ticket to Guatemala. Wow. And it was oh, like, that's a, awesome. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I meant it, you know, as like a fun little way for Christina, Spirit, and I to go and travel because that's really yeah. something we wanted to do, you know, after mm -hmm. the pandemic was over and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, it was more of like a self-reflection and a self-discovery of yeah. what I wanted to do to end this chapter in my life and start beginning a new one. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was really fortunate enough to the person who actually extended this invitation to me was a good friend mm -hmm. of mine uh, named Calvin. Okay. He grew up in Guatemala for like nine oh. years. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is very weird. He's an American. And That's cool. Super, yeah. It's super cool. I love his family. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so he spoke really good Spanish, him and his brother. And, mm -hmm. uh, but the thing that they do is they actually invite like a group of people to actually go to Guatemala with them. Mm -hmm. And he has a bunch of connections um, in the area that he lives in. So mm -hmm. we had plans on going hiking, flyboarding, jet skiing, going to awesome. a house, oh, like, wow. paragliding. So all of these fun activities and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And uh, he wanted me to actually be a second shooter to film a travel video, which is oh. something that I also like to do, filmmaking. Uh -huh. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. And Two in uh, one. Exactly, you know. Unfortunately, though, there's a lot of things that happened that oh, no. uh, a lot of people canceled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh -huh. yeah. Do you still go? Oh, I, yeah. So a few people had, like, I think one person caught COVID and there was a we huge strike. Yeah, we don't want that. No, exactly. <laughs> okay. And uh, there was, uh, what do you call it? Some pilots from Spirit Airlines went on strike and oh. uh, canceled a lot of the flights. And so it was supposed to be a group of 12 ended up being a group of four. Okay, still yeah. fun. Still fun, yeah. And Spirit, uh, we made it work. You, can't, you can't count on Spirit. Yeah, I heard they suck. I never yeah. flew there, but yeah. <laughs> Them and Frontier are definitely like yeah. bottom tier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. But you we went. Yeah, I went. We made it work. And uh, there was a few, you know, complications. There were some riots that were going on in Guatemala. that So mm. we kind of prevented us from doing some of the things that we had planned. Okay. Um, but the two biggest things in life lessons that I've learned was actually when I went paragliding and mm. we hiked a volcano as well. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, when we went paragliding, we were almost about not to go because of the weather conditions. Oh, okay. But the paragliding instructor said, you know what, let's make our final decision when we go up there. Okay. Right. On our way there, I asked him this inspired question, you know, like, what has paragliding taught you in your life? Mm. Uh, and he told me to be present in the moment. Oh. And I'm like, hey, I actually learned that lesson just in a different way. Right. <laughs> and we just had this huge connection, you know. Yeah. And I told him, I'm like, you know what? Like, this paragliding experience is very important to me because I just lost my wife. And I feel like this is the closest I'll ever be physically to her, you know. Yeah, right. And... Uh, he was just so touched with, you know, our love story and mm -hmm. the, the way, you know, I talked about her and it was just a huge, he felt really honored that he was able to take me out. And it was one of the most uh, impactful paragliding experiences that he's had oh, as a paragliding instructor. Yeah. I bet. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Because yeah. the way he learned about being present in the moment was, because paragliding is an extreme sport, uh -huh. you can't think too much into the future. Yeah. And he used the acronym for fear is a false expectation appearing real. Mm, true. Uh -huh. And it's very true, you know, because <laughs> yeah. everything is so uncertain and yeah. that you don't know what's going to happen. And so That's as so a paragliding true. instructor, you have to really be present in the moment. Mm. And this comes with time, but you start to learn the different types of clouds that are in the sky, mm -hmm. the wind current, and the waves of the ocean to see what direction the wind is pushing it. Mm. 
you know, and he said that I am uh, not in control of the weather. God is. Yeah. I am just an instrument in his hands. Mm. And uh, that rang so many bells for me because, yeah. you know, I feel essentially the same way, you know, like the reason why I'm out here, you know, sharing this experience was is not only for me, but maybe some other listener who's listening, you know, and Absolutely. might be going through the same experiences, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. this is their signal. Maybe there's a guy who's listening and it's like their signal for them to actually go to therapy. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. you never know how many people you could impact. Right. You, know, with your you story. absolutely never know. Yeah. And so that's why I came on here, you know, not only for me, but for the people that really need to hear this story. Yeah. Well, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I think it's beyond helpful and just incredible for you to be brave enough to share it because I know it's hard yeah you know because life is hard especially life is freaking hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it is hard yeah you know yeah the life is going to beat you to the ground but Mm -hmm. you just have to get back up on your you know feet and start walking but I'm grateful for the friends and family that I have in my life who Mm -hmm. are able to carry my load you know yeah and uh, just have an amazing support system yes. that is able to, you know, be there when I need them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have Most a couple of people who are just a phone call away. Mm-hmm. If, I, if there's anything I need, you know, I'm glad that I'm able to reach out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And yeah. it, um, do you have any, like, future plans what are you thinking or just like kind of reaching out to people what's yeah what's going on now so i'm definitely going to continue you know what that's a very interesting question and uh, i'm actually going to think answering it differently so one of christina's mantras was is actually is be kind be brave be radically bold and that is the way that she lived her life through and through you know Mm -hmm. and uh, that's the way I plan on living my life. But mm. through actual plans that I have, um, I'm working for this amazing company called Clearlink. And mm. I was actually working with them when I was in Texas. Okay. Or I'm just so grateful for them because they just told me, take as much time as you want, you know, yeah. take your time to grieve. And whenever you're ready, you know, just give us a phone call. And so that's so important. Yep. That's great. It's very important. So I'm going to start working with them at the end of this month. I already graduated college, but I'm thinking about going back again and studying mm. business management or business okay. marketing. Sorry. Yeah. Because that was Christina's major. Okay. And she was wicked smart with it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely benefited her a lot because I was mm-hmm. going for physical therapy. But oh. It's a very much a dying career right now. Okay. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Because now you need a master's to get into PT school. And yeah. it's all dependent now upon the patient's health insurance. And oh, in the United States, okay. we don't really have the best health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's very limited is, to the amount of care. Yeah, it's hard to get. It's like a lot of work to become a physical therapist. Yeah. And before it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. They actually changed the requirements my junior year. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it became and, more intensive. Yeah, it became more intensive and... Uh, That's one of the reasons, like, I love the medical field and stuff like that. But if I had to be, like, very restricted of, like, what I wanted to do or give care to my patients, you know, it wasn't worth it. And so another thing, beat myself up a lot, was just going getting a degree that I had no plans or lost all motivation to even pursuing. Mm. Um, And so I found out with actually the job that I have at Clearlink, it's a sales Mm. job. And Christina was just over the moon excited that I was able to actually get this job because when we were married, uh, she would actually help me out a lot with Mm. um, my pitch and trying to get it all worked out. And Uh she knew that I was really good at it as well. And we joke around saying that I chose the wrong degree to be in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No one uses their degree anymore, by the way. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But yeah, no. And I definitely want to uh, pursue business marketing because... That's great. <clears throat> not only 
that I find a passion for myself. I also feel like I can get to know Christina a little bit more mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And see that like academic side of her. Right. That different mm-hmm. like side of her brain a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, good for yep. you. I think that's great. Yeah. And I'm still working on that travel video that okay. I plan on posting, you know, yeah. on my social media and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's going to just, it's actually, I'm just going to be talking about a lot of the things that I spoke about here. Yeah. Okay. Well, well let mm-hmm. me know when it's, um, when it's live and I'll share it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if people, if people want to reach out, like if they just want to like ask questions or anything, um, is Instagram the best place or yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's your, what's the Instagram? It's called, how are you? So H O W R U, um, uh, underscore Howie H O W I E. Yeah, awesome. those are the two nicknames that I've had like my whole life. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I was wondering what the first part is because I can follow you on Instagram. Okay, like, yes. Peru. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why How is because are you? <laughs> when I went to Peru, yeah, um, uh, my parents always dreamed about going to America, and so mm-hmm. they didn't want a very stereotypical Hispanic name like Carlos Juan Jesus for me. Mm-hmm. Those were my those were my uncles. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. And yeah. so they're like, what is the most American white name that we can think of? <laughs> Howie. And they thought of ha- Howard or Howard. Howard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's funny. And so when I go to the Peru, the H is silent. Oh. Yeah. So it's out. So they would say Oward or Oward. And I'm like, you know what? Just call- it's very close to just how are you? Yeah. <laughs> Howard, how are you? So the nickname just stuck. So whenever someone. Oh, that's funny. Is- I go to Peru, my family or friends there, they just said, hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. Makes yep. makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Now that Amazing. I can explain it. Yeah. But yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Howie. I like fully just appreciate you. My heart is with you and no, thank you're you incredible. So and thank you for sharing. It's like truly just amazing how you want to help others that are going through this or have experienced yeah. this. And I hope that, you know, the message that I shared definitely penetrates a lot of hearts, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Keep in touch. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens before, during, and after cancer. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. Follow along for updates and guests on Facebook and Instagram at Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast.